In recognizing that there are much more important things going on right now than our podcast, we would like to bring attention to the protests and Black Lives Matter movement by donating. We've picked the bail project to donate to because people should not have to fear being arrested and attacked while protesting for human rights. The link to the bail project as well as a number of other resources will be in our story highlights on Instagram. We urge you to support the movement in any way you can, whether that's signing petitions, calling or sending emails to government officials, protesting or donating. Welcome everyone to episode eight, right, of Songwriting Saves the World. We have a really special guest who I'm really excited to chat with, Alina Smith. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for coming on. We're super excited. Of course. I'm so happy to be here. Like I said, uh, when we were just chatting, I just love to talk about all things creativity. And if you tell me to go, I'll go. (laughs) So (laughs) happy to be here. (laughs) A little intro. Alina Smith is a very accomplished producer and songwriter. You're part of a all-female production and songwriting team called Liar. Did I say that right? Liar. Yes, and it's I, liar. I'm always nervous it, about pronunciation. Oh my god, no, it's all good. It is liar, like the instrument, <laughs> not like pants on fire, even though sonically mm. sounds the same. <laughs> Got it. Um, liar works in like mostly pop, right? Top 40 yes. pop music has accumulated over 100 million plus streams. That's insane. And has number ones on iTunes and Billboard. You've worked with Kirsten from Pentatonix, Red Velvet, Kenzie Ziegler, Betty Who. So many really cool people. So just like awesome experience. Like, thank you for coming on. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> we have a little game that we play as like an introduction to our podcast mm-hmm. called Right Tour Tank. And so essentially it's kind of like a musical version of F. Mary Kill. Like, okay, nice, so, <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Yeah. So you are going to be given three artists, one you can write with, one you can tour with, and mm-hmm. it's strictly touring, so no writing on tour, and one that you tank, <laughs> which we literally have come to the conclusion that you imagine them and you like throw a ball and they fall into a water tank. In the water tank, oh. like festival game. Okay, great, great, great. <laughs> Sounds amazing. So your three artists are Usher, Katy Perry and Ariana Grande. Oh, those are all such good artists. Are you kidding me? This is so hard. Okay, guys, I love Usher. I am 32, so I'm like the prime demographic. Like when Usher was like popping off, I was like 15 and just like go Usher. I love Usher. (laughs) So, I mean, Usher is awesome. Usher is amazing. So definitely... Ah, uh, you know what? Mm, tour or write with Usher? I would say tour because I think it would be so, so, so fun to be there every night, like yeah. watching Usher perform. I just, you know, even though it would be amazing for me as a songwriter to write with Usher, I still would say, I would say tour. <laughs> and I think... I think that makes sense. Yeah. And then for Katie, for sure, right. Um, one of mm-hmm. my really good friends wrote Never Really Over for her and... It's just one. I was literally listening to that this morning. (laughs) Yeah, it's a great, great, great song. I was listening to that in the car. I love that song. It's such a good song. And she's just such a fantastic singer. She's got such great texture in her voice. And Mm -hmm. I just, yeah, I think it would be amazing to write with her, you know, and record her especially. Just would be such a treat. Um, Yeah. You know, I don't know if I'm like supposed to tank Ariana, but I'm not tanking Ariana. (laughs) Like, we're not going to do that. She can swim. She'll be fine. Yeah. No, no, definitely write with Ariana as well. Because like, even though tour is like a, I definitely, I'm kind of tempted to say tour, but I would definitely say write just because Mm -hmm. I think her voice is so insane. She would be so cool to record. Yeah. She's just such a like 
above and beyond singer. She's like an alien. She's like an alien singer. So I just <laughs> would, I would really, really enjoy just recording her sing and writing for that voice. Yeah, we were just talking about Amazing. this yesterday with um, well, we weren't talking about it with her, but we were talking with about Fletcher. Fletcher. Do you know that art, mm-hmm. the artist Fletcher? Yeah. We were talking about her voice and just like her like range is crazy and how we would love to write for her because just like writing for a voice that can like sing anything is insane. It's it so cool. really is. You can just have a really wide range in the song. And I would also add that I really like textured voices as well. Maybe a voice that isn't like mm-hmm. quite as rangy or whatnot, but just has a really, really cool thing to it. Like you hear it and immediately, you know. That's yeah. this artist. I just like unique voices, mm-hmm. whether they're very like impressive belty voices or maybe they're really soft and really mm-hmm. kind of strange. Like yeah. it just excites me, like if it sounds unusual in any way. So, would you start with just kind of a background on your musical journey and how you got into production specifically? Of course. So, I started in music when I was a child. I'm from Russia and I was in a kids singing group when I think I was like six or seven when I started. So it was a really cool, (laughs) yeah, it's like very, very young, you know, like the whole like Michael Jackson vibe. Like we toured all over. (laughs) Jackson vibe. (laughs) I know. We toured all over (laughs) Europe. It was really fun. You know, I got to see a lot of other cultures very young. So for me, it was immediately like Mm -hmm. a growing learning experience. So, and when I moved to the States, when I was 17 I immediately wanted to pursue my artist career as a singer Uh, and I've always I've always recorded myself sing right even like Mm -hmm. as early as like I don't know 2004 maybe uh, before I even had a professional interface I literally had a microphone that plugged like into the side of the laptop (laughs) yeah very professional and I would record myself sing and I started already like developing recording techniques then so and about Mm -hmm. maybe 2010 is when I really started taking it seriously and learning instrumental production you know it was mostly because I didn't have a lot of money you know it was kind of like struggling artist vibes (laughs) so (laughs) so it was very difficult to hire a producer at that point so I was just Mm -hmm. like oh how hard could this be um yeah (laughs) definitely hard but um (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's like not really the right thought process but I was like how hard could this be (laughs) so I did start teaching myself how to do it using YouTube just using kind of trial Mm -hmm. and error so and when I was in Nashville a few years after that uh, I got my publishing deal so I had to start recording a lot of demos and producing a lot of demos and usually Mm -hmm. I was like the track person in the room uh, making the demos so and it kind of went from there and when I was in Nashville I just learned a ton about you know recording live instruments working with bands in the Mm -hmm. studio and a lot of kind of like the Nashville style production which is a lot of just using live instrumentation but when uh, I met my partner Ellie we met in Nashville uh, the two of us came together as we were both singers like separate artists at the time but Mm -hmm. there was just Mm -hmm. a really weird synergy there we were really great friends loved hanging out so when she came to me and she said hey I really want to try to do a pop artist project because uh, she was in country at that point, I said, okay, mm-hmm. like I haven't done pop in a while. You know, the last time I did pop, I lived in LA and now I live in Nashville. I mostly do country, but mm-hmm. I'm going to give it a try. So the two of us made this project for her that ended up getting us a lot of writing opportunities. We never released it, but we kind of circulated cool. it in the industry. So, and a lot of 
K-pop and J-pop writing opportunities came from cool. that. So, yeah, so we had like a few cuts in that world and it was very kind of sudden. You know, we came within a space mm-hmm. of a year from being kind of Nashville songwriters in Nashville mm-hmm. to kind of get, getting really involved in K-pop and J-pop and just deciding, hey, we need to move to L.A. because all the opportunities yeah. for writing that stuff awesome. are in, mostly in L.A. There's not like any uh-huh. of it in Nashville, really. So mm-hmm. that's how we ended up here. And we've been here for four years, about four years. And um, uh-huh. funny enough, uh, we kind of moved a little bit away from K-pop. We still do it a little bit, but we mostly work with artists in the room. We work with a lot of um, digital creators like Gabby Hanna, Kenzie Ziegler, you know, mm-hmm. people that have gotten their, their start on digital platforms. And so far, that's been like a very cool thing for us um, that yeah. we've become kind of like known for. Um, yeah. And so far, like this is the present. Now I've caught you guys up really fast. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> awesome. We're all caught up. That's such an interesting switch from like country music to K-pop. That's insane. It is. You know, it wasn't very weird for me because when I was um, 18 or 19, I actually did have a couple of cuts in J-pop. It was very accidental as well. Mm -hmm. I worked with this producer here in L.A. who was a Japanese producer, and he Mm -hmm. pitched a couple of the things that we did to an artist in Japan and she cut it. So I already had a background cool. in it. So it and it was mm-hmm. one of those moments in my career in Nashville where it just kind of felt like you know, I got pitched as an artist to all the major labels in Nashville and everybody uh-huh. said no. So, and it was an interesting <laughs> moment. It's Tough fine. One. I don't care about about now, but um <laughs> at that moment it was kind of presented to me by my publisher that, hey, so we pitched mm-hmm. you for like, you know, a month. I guess that nobody wants you. So <laughs> like maybe you should get some cuts as a songwriter. Very subtle, not subtle shade. <laughs> so and I was just like, OK, well, where can I get cuts really fast to save myself from losing my deal, which I need, you know, to like, mm-hmm, live. Uh-huh. <laughs> so right. and I remembered getting those cuts in K-pop and J-pop. And I told my partner, Ellie, hey, I think we can do this. You know, we write catchy songs and I have like a little bit of relationships from back mm-hmm. 10 years ago when I was doing this. Do you want to try <laughs> it? So and as we started doing this, we were like, oh, we just love this. We love pop music so much. And, you know, yeah. I haven't switched to anything <laughs> else since then. That's so cool. That's perfect. So you make like, um, I've seen your YouTube videos like explaining how you produce your songs, which I think is so mm-hmm. cool because it kind of like demystifies it for people who are listening or, or want to like get into production. Did you, you kind of mentioned like you use YouTube when you learn to produce, but like how, what was like the process of learning to produce like for you? Because you said like, oh, you thought it'd be easy, but like it's not, I mean, I know like for myself, like I'm kind of learning to produce right now and it's like, it's so cool to have that much creative control, but it's also so hard. <laughs> yeah, very difficult. It's a great question. And yes, it can be very overwhelming, especially when you're starting out. There's just mm-hmm. so, 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 so much to learn. So I think the very first thing you need is patience. And it sounds mm-hmm. very obvious, but I think a lot of the times, you know, you want your music to sound amazing now (laughs) and the truth is it just isn't going to when you're starting out with production uh even when you're down the line a little bit with production it won't Mm -hmm. unless you have really really good mentorship and somebody there to really like learn quickly from so I think there's just Mm -hmm. I I haven't had the experience with 
any kind of school, any kind of program. Mm -hmm. So I can't speak for that. So from what I've seen so far in my life, I think there are two really amazing ways to grow and kind of expedite the process. Um, I think the first way is just doing it a lot. And again, it sounds really obvious, but Mm -hmm. the more you're sort of put on the spot and the more you're forced to produce, the better it is. And what I mean by forced, I mean like actually doing sessions with people, with artists where somebody's expecting you to deliver a track, you know, because if you're just kind of screwing around yourself, it's very easy to be like, I don't like this. I'm going to give up. (laughs) So, but if somebody's waiting on it, you know, and you're trying to you know, for the lack of a better word, impress another person, like you really, it kind of holds you accountable. Yeah. So puts the and, pressure mm, on. <laughs> right. And especially if that artist says, you know, hey, I want uh, it to be reminiscent of whatever panic at the disco. And you're like, mm-hmm. oh, I don't mm-hmm. really know how to do that. It kind of forces you to, you know, study those records, study those sounds, figure yeah. out how those producers have make them, made them and made your, make your own version basically, or just get inspired and create something of your own. But you know, it mm-hmm. just really, really fo- forces you to grow. So that's one way. It's just like taking a lot of sessions and collaborating yeah. with a lot of people and just being constantly, constantly doing it, really. So, and the second mm-hmm. way I would definitely say is mentorship. So again, in my experience, I haven't really been the mentee. I don't know if that's a word. <laughs> I've been more <laughs> of the mentor than the mentee. I haven't had a mm-hmm. ton of help, which is why I think it kind of took me this long to get good at it (laughs) Um, just because I had to figure out a lot of stuff on my own but even I do collaborate with um, a few other producers there's one producer in particular um, that I co-produce with his name is Scott Bruzneck so and he is uh, he's just like a really awesome producer also in pop Mm -hmm. and very similar sensibility I think in in certain aspects to me so and I think the two of us have taught each other a lot just you know being in the room together and seeing oh is that how you do this oh is that how you would approach finding a really great horn sample or something you know what Uh I mean a lot of the times it's like very subtle small things that sort Mm -hmm, of up mm -hmm. your mastery because I do think at one point too it is it gets really hard to grow because Uh, at a certain point it's like okay like I know all of the basics I know all the intermediate Mm -hmm. stuff now it's all about creativity and just really just using your brain to make something new (laughs) yeah it can get tough but (laughs) you have to push yourself but if you have a mentor or even just like a fantastic collaborator it helps a lot yeah I found that with like songwriting just doing co-write doing co-writes with like loads of different people there's so mm-hmm. much to learn because everyone has like their tricks and like their things they do. And then it's just like you build a toolbox as you go. Yeah. Having so awesome collaborators and mentors. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Can definitely that. So you've been involved in music since you were really young. You were mentioning earlier you were in Aurora, I think it was when you were six and touring yeah. a lot. And then you moved to Vegas and being in so many different things for such a long time and being in different genres, how long did it take you to really find out who you were as an artist since you were involved in so many different things? Girl, that is such a good question. That is a fantastic (laughs) question. And honestly, the answer is a long time, like 10 plus years. (laughs) And this is not not to discourage anyone. I think I'm a little bit of a special case not special as in good Mm -hmm. just as in different Mm -hmm. because I think moving from another country is a really big internal change so Mm -hmm. I think there's always a bit of a 
you know, from what I've seen, people either try to really, really fit in in the new place that they're at, like assimilate basically, mm-hmm. or they're trying to kind of hold on to their roots and their culture. Mm-hmm. And the thing with me is yeah. I was never very comfortable in Russia. Like I'm very open about it. I talk about, you know, certain political things that make me very uncomfortable there and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So it's it wasn't a place I was very comfortable at. So coming here, I just really, really wanted mm-hmm. to fit in. So I think that really seeped into my musical mentality as well, where I just really wanted to sound and look and appear and seem like whatever was popular at the time. So mm-hmm. I, what I did is mm-hmm. I hopped a lot sonically and even visually. It's all, it's kind of hilarious. Like if you look <laughs> at certain ways that I dressed, you know, to try to match my music at different times in the last uh-huh. like, 12 years mm-hmm. or whatnot. Like it's very, very apparent that I was just trying to sort of externally create a thing and I wasn't really coming from a place of truth with any of it. It was just really trying to Mm -hmm. match up like what I thought the right thing was, which is why like I believe, which is why I didn't like succeed as an artist is because I didn't know who Mm -hmm. I was. And I think that's an extremely Mm -hmm. important thing. And I had to even learn this as a producer too, because I remember when uh, just like two, three years ago, Ellie and I, we just had this sort of mentality of taking every artist and kind of making them sound a bit cookie cutter. Like, oh, this is how you sing pop Mm -hmm. well. This is how you riff. This is how you do this and that. And we really, really moved Mm -hmm. away from that. And we really try to uncover what makes every single artist special because there always is something and yeah and the more you do it the more rewarding it is really because you're helping that person become their best artist Mm -hmm. so yeah and I think like you know my artistry sort of seeped into production at this point because I don't release my music but the way it reveals itself now is by trying to find the absolute best aspects of the artist that I collaborate with and bring them out. Yeah. That's so that. interesting. What a journey. It's that's a so it's cool. a long journey. Yeah. yeah. It's, I, like I say, it's like it can feel a little bit discouraging when you hear me say this, but I I do think this stems from like my unique situation and I mm-hmm. a lot of artists mm-hmm. that I've seen come to, you know, the understanding of who they are a lot quicker than that. Yeah. I do think it's a hard thing to figure out though for anyone. It definitely it's is. like added yeah like added when you're coming from somewhere else and Mm -hmm. you're trying to fit in but I think just as an artist it takes people a pretty long time to figure out exactly who you want to be as an artist and it changes all the time too yeah it is it's like trying to hit a moving target you know and I can speak for my partner Ellie (laughs) because she is an artist you know it took her several years to really even lock in her like vocal sound because she's such Mm -hmm, a gifted mm -hmm. singer she can sing anything and she sounds amazing so Mm -hmm. it took a hot second you know several years for her to be really sort of step into her power as a singer and as an artist and you know now when I hear her sing I'm like yeah that's Ellie Moore blown away that's so nice (laughs) you've done like k-pop and j-pop so you've kind of had like been involved in the like music industries around the world Sort of like, would yes. you say that? I'm like, I'm interested to know, like, what are the what are the the differences between like international the international music industry and just like the U.S. music industry? And like, do you think it's valuable to like go be part of like the business in different places? I think it just depends on what you want to do. You know, mm-hmm. you have to kind of 
let your soul speak. <laughs> I just was always very attracted to Asian pop music. I think it's mm-hmm. incredibly well done as far as the top lining. It's beautiful as far as tracks. They have wonderful yeah. singers. Like, it's just, I really, really enjoy it. So that's why, like, I wanted to be a part of it. And it's the same for my partner. Um, mm-hmm. I do think there's mm-hmm. a lot to learn. And there are some differences, I think, on the A&R end of things. With K-pop and J-pop, the A&Rs seem to be a lot more involved. And they seem to make a lot more of the decisions for the sonic direction that the artists say. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of the times it's a bit... It's it's always a bit of a deciphering game, guessing what an ANR means. But I think with K-pop and J-pop ANRs, you can guess a little bit easier. Like if they say, mm-hmm. "Hey, like we wanted to sound a bit like 2013 Ariana," they probably wanted to sound like 2013 <laughs> Ariana. You know, yeah. but you have to listen to the artist too. You know, obviously, if they have a if it's a girl group, mm-hmm. let's say, and they have a rapper in it, you have to account for that, write a rap part that you know maybe Ariana wouldn't mm-hmm. do. So you kind of you know you have to kind of guess, and you really have to use your mind uh, to figure that out. Mm-hmm. But I do think their A and Rs are a lot clearer on their intentions. Yeah, interesting. Interesting. So you and Ellie had created a pop pack of sounds for Splice. Can you talk a little bit about how much of a role creating sounds has in your production? That's a wonderful question. You guys ask great questions. <laughs> um, Thank you. I personally really, really enjoy making sounds. Uh, I really like making sort of like song starters because they really actually mm-hmm, help mm-hmm. us get started writing a song. Yeah. Right. So um, a lot of the times I... You know, there's so many samples available now on the internet and, you know, one can pose a question like, why would you want to make your own samples? You can find anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so for me, it's just really a question of catering to my own sensibility and what I love. There definitely right. are sounds from other producers that I can find and just be like, "Ooh, that's it. But uh, <laughs> as far as a lot, a lot, usually that kind of works with drums really well, but most of the time with like tonal instruments it's really really hard for me to find something Mm -hmm. that I 100% connect to so that's why I really enjoy making loops um you know a lot of the times what Ellie and I end up doing is actually making loops out of our own voices um yeah which can be really 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 fun because I like to say your voice is unique it's an instrument nobody else has Mm -hmm. you know while you know if you're using Omnisphere or something right like if you're using new serum omnisphere whatever to make a loop like yeah you can probably make it quite unique but it's still not as unique as your own vocal Mm -hmm. so and for our genre of music uh we've been doing a lot of these sort of vocal starters where you can hear it and there's a chord structure Mm -hmm. in it but it's all vocal and you can start from that building you know all the other instrumentation building uh the top line yeah on top of that so that's really it can be fun I saw a video that you posted that you both had posted that you were showing how you did that. Yeah. And I thought it was really, 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 cool. was really cool. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. It's really, really fun to do. It's sort of like a little bit less stressful than, you know, writing a song. It can, it has a really wonderful aspect mm-hmm. of play to it. You can just yeah. kind of like throw stuff against the wall. And if it doesn't stick, it's kind of like not a big deal because it's just a sample. But it can be really Mm -hmm. fun, too, with other things as well. You know, even just throwing a reverb on something odd, like a kick drum, you know, where you wouldn't Mm -hmm. normally, but 
throwing it on anyway, maybe rolling off the bottom end. Suddenly you're like, whoa, look at this impact Mm -hmm. I made. Yeah. (laughs) So it can be really, really fun and creative. Yeah. I feel like I always used to think of production as just putting sounds together. But then like I saw these people like, like your video with Ellie, like um, Phineas, like Billie Mm -hmm. Eilish's brother talks about like making sounds and like just recording sounds on the street Mm -hmm. or whatever and using that. And I was like, that opens up like this whole new world of like what production means when I thought about it's it it's just super, super fun cool. it's so fun yeah my friend Scott that I collaborate with he does that a lot I've actually never like recorded birds or anything uh I always think about <laughs> it but I always forget but he always remembers so he will be like oh yeah my wife and I were in this cave and I heard this like really mm-hmm. random like rock <laughs> falling on this rock and I recorded it <laughs> And it's just so cool. And it's, you get such yeah. satisfaction from integrating, you know, something you saw in your real life into a song. It's just fun. Yeah, it's super cool. So the last question we have is just about, like, the lack of female producers. Like, what's that about? Mm-hmm. We just want to know, like, do you notice that, like, when you're working? Do you feel, like, any sort of biases or what's, like, the experience of being a female producer when there is unfortunately not enough? out there you know I would say it's an interesting experience because it is a unique demographic Mm -hmm. you know to be a female producer um there aren't a lot of female producers I think it's just because I think a lot of girls are encouraged to be more on the songwriting end of things yeah on like the artist end of things I think it's sort of like a Mm -hmm. like a mental thing in a way because I don't think there is actually anything that would make a man a better producer than a woman yeah. at all. Of course not. <laughs> I just, not. of course no, not. No, it's, I just think it's a question of upbringing. Um, mm-hmm. And I do think a lot of people, not just women, I know men like that just get intimidated by like the look of the doll. They look at it and it just looks like a graph. Mm-hmm. It looks kind of very like logical left brained. And you mm-hmm. know, a lot of people are just like, I don't want to mess with that. I'd rather let like, more of like the technical person handle that so I think the technical aspect Mm -hmm. is a bit intimidating as well um and I do think it is something that's really necessary though because Mm -hmm. the experience of being a female producer is to me is an experience of connecting and I mostly work with um either female artists or like LGBTQ male artists so Mm -hmm. and I think nothing against men I've worked worked with wonderful nurturing (laughs) men right but I think it's there's something about working with a woman that's a little bit more you know it's like there there is that nurturing aspect when artists Mm -hmm. come to work with Ellie and I we're not all just business you know we're listening to them tell their stories talk about their lives that's really important to us you know to integrate it in this in the songwriting process in the production process so I think perhaps it is a female thing Perhaps it's like just me as a person thing, but I do have a bit of a like a holistic approach to songwriting. Yeah. It's not just about you know beats and all all this kind of technical stuff. It's more about mm-hmm. telling a story through sonics, whether it's a, that mm-hmm. person's yeah. voice or the samples that I choose or the parts that I play. It all is part of the larger storytelling picture. So, and as far as the business aspect. To be honest, I really just feel that it's an advantage to be a female producer because mm. a lot of artists want to work with a female producer. Yeah, I can see that. 
Yeah. yeah. So I maybe earlier on when Ellie and I were younger producers, we've had a little bit of sort of like distrust, like, oh, are these girls mm-hmm. going to be any good? Just, you know, a couple of things said that were maybe not even really ill intentions. It was more just like, oh, wow, you did that? You know, just things <laughs> like that that you wouldn't necessarily yeah. hear as a male. But I just I haven't really heard anything like that in like years at this point. Mm-hmm. So I That's always good. say that. No, I always yeah, say it that makes it's me happy to hear. No, it's true. I just think it's you know, it is. You might hear some of those things starting out, and I'm not excusing them. I do think it's kind of you know backwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mm-hmm. think starting anything out, people do have a bit of doubt like oh who are you can you do this right so i think the question is just like do you believe in yourself like really taking control of what you know what you're learning how you're doing it and being Mm. confident that's really inspirational (laughs) yeah i love that Well, those are all our questions. Thank you so much for chatting with us. Yes, thank course. you. We really appreciate you coming of on. Of course. This was so fun. <laughs> you are so cool. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Yeah. I appreciate it. <laughs> and we're back, people, for Song of the Week and Woman of the Week. You know it. You love it. <laughs> <laughs> My Song of the Week is Figure It Out by Blue the Tiger. I always say names like I'm asking a question. <laughs> Blue to Tiger. Um, I heard this song on TikTok. I can't even lie to oh you. <laughs> Which don't mm, don't even make that face because I deleted TikTok this morning. I'm proud of you. I felt like I was like, it's fun, but it is also like a a Black sadness hole? hole. Yeah, and since it's not like one of the necessary social medias, I was mm-hmm. like, it has to go. I think that that but, is a wise decision. But the best thing that I got out of TikTok was this song, Figured Out by Blue the Tiger. I found the artist because she makes, like, bass videos. She's a bassist on TikTok. Mm-hmm. And she makes these just sick videos of her doing bass covers of stuff. And it's actually so cool because girls who play bass are, like, the coolest. Just, like, that's dinged, dope. Dinged. Yeah. It's literally dope. This song is so good. I like this song because it's very, very bass focused so it just has like such a groove and she also uses like different vocal tones like she does like she sings and then she does kind of like the like talk singing mm-hmm. type thing and the like kind of like minor like yell singing too which <laughs> i just think it adds a lot of like variety and texture which i really like and the song is just an absolute groove so everyone go listen i mean i'm sure you already have if you've been on tiktok <laughs> Great pick, great pick, and great decisions. Getting rid of addicting black hole apps. <laughs> um, my song of the week this week is Cherry by Harry Styles. Oh, uh, is that what you were just singing it? <laughs> I should have guessed. Um, I am obsessed with this album, as you may know. Yeah. And really Cherry good. is my favorite song off of the album. One, I'm just like, love acoustic guitars and just like the mm-hmm. finger, like, plucking and it sounds so pretty mm-hmm. and also just because like it feels very like personal and i love music like that that you just say exactly how you feel and like you don't hold back does he take you walking like around just such parents a, gallery such a straight <laughs> shot of being like i know exactly who you're talking about. like there's no hiding it yeah there's no hiding it i there i speaking of tiktok i'm sorry last time i'll bring it up mm-hmm. last time i'll bring it up in this podcast maybe um 
there was this girl who was like, I love songs where you just, there's a line where you just know that it's like very direct tea, mm-hmm. but you don't know what it's about. And she like, she cited Cherry, that exact line, Dizzy Diggy <laughs> walking around his parents' gallery. And she's like, you know, there's like some shade. You know that that is absolutely like a controversy. It's drama. And like, you don't know like what it is, but you can feel it. But you do know who it is. <laughs> oh, it's Camille Rowe. Yeah. Who literally has her voice at the end. Oh. So it's, like, even more direct. And apparently, like, her... I think it was, like, the new guy that she was seeing his parents owned an art gallery, and that's why. Oh. Well, that would make sense then. (laughs) And I like, too, he was talking in an interview about, um, like, when he was writing it and stuff, and he's like, oh, you know, with breakups, like, there's always this sort of, like, pettiness. Right. And he's like, and that's what it is. It's like... That's what it is. Yeah, like, don't you call him... Like, that's me being petty and it's like it's the true thing of how like you go through breakups and it's not like everything's okay like i'm sad but it's fine i'm happy for you it's like i'm not happy for you i'm petty and like (laughs) not happy for you okay that's a really good pick i love that i love that song so much and i too like i guess i i mean i already have loved this album but ever since watermelon sugar came out the video i just kind of like went back to listen to it yeah me too watermelon sugar i always liked it but it's grown on me in an extreme way since it's felt like summer here because like i was swimming in like the river yesterday with like noe and we were listening to watermelon sugar just like over and over and over Mm -hmm. and i was like okay it didn't make any sense for this to come out in winter but now (laughs) that it's summer like i'm really vibing yeah (laughs) okay my woman of the week is dodie clark she's a youth she's a youtuber she was always a musician. Oh on, yes, I on do. YouTube. This is the one who worked with, like, who knows Lewis Watson, right? Yes. Yes. It's funny we were just talking about YouTubers, but she was one of the first YouTubers I subscribed to. Mm-hmm. I know I said that about Shannon. I'm pretty sure I like subscribed to both of them the same week in seventh grade or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> like same thing back in the day, but um, I've just been following her and loved her music for a really long time I went to a Doty concert earlier this year and it, I with my friend Zoe and it was like we have both been watching her YouTube channel since we were really little and mm-hmm. then we we're like oh my god this is so full circle and she did the cutest thing ever when um Doty did when we were there like at the end of her show she was like guys like I just want to like thank every one of you she was like I'm gonna look around the room really slowly and try to make eye contact mm-hmm. with every single person in here and she was like, I'm sending you all my thank you and my light and my love because it just absolutely means the absolute world to me that you're here and that you support me. And it just makes my day every day. And I was like, that is so beautiful. Like, people don't usually take the time to do that. That's I sweet. Mean, her voice, like her singing voice, just sounds like ASMR. It's so, like, <laughs> soft and, like, and delicate and beautiful and so relaxing. And particularly relaxing for me because it's like nostalgic for me (laughs) that's cute but yeah Dodie Clark my woman of the week this week is Haley Williams oh I love Haley Williams yeah she I think she's just a badass just all around honestly I have loved her since I was in elementary school listening to Paramore Mm -hmm. and that was kind of like my introduction to like that type of music like that genre Paramore is a huge vibe yeah and I I just I don't know. I think that she is an incredible songwriter, musician, super talented, 
performing live she's just insane like her stage presence is amazing yeah and i think we could all look up and learn some things from Haley williams i love um what are my favorite songs i love still into you i was listening mm-hmm. to that like yesterday and only exception i think I oh and them. ain't it fun i love uh they're oh, all her, so good, like honestly. newer stuff i really love do you know the song last hope no i don't i didn't I hadn't like listened to it, but I saw a YouTube video of her performing it, which is where I first mm-hmm. heard it. And I immediately like I literally just had chills. I was like, that was I'm gonna listen to it right after. It's this. so good. Like I'm I think you should watch the video specifically. Like the song is okay. already amazing, but that video just like oh my god. I need some like new music, honestly. It's so if you so have good. like outside of the podcast song of the week recommendations, if you have a <laughs> list of recommendations, I would love that. And then 26 is, I mean, of, like, the newer things. But her older, like, older Paramore stuff, I, it's so hard for me to choose because I'm like, this is just... It's all so good. Her voice chef's is insane. Chef's kiss. Yeah, it's literally Paramore. chef's kiss. Just mwah. mwah. Okay, guys. So, thank you so much for listening. If you liked the episode, follow us on Spotify, where you, wherever you're listening to this. Yeah. Spotify, Apple iTunes, Podcasts, whatever SoundCloud, it is. SoundCloud, a- strange amount of people listen to this podcast on soundcloud <laughs> which honestly that's a vibe if that's you like i love you thank you thank for doing you that. yeah so if you're on soundcloud like it repost it follow our soundcloud if you're listening on spotify follow it if you're listening on itunes give us a rate and review why not spice it up with that Ooh. five stars can i get a can i hear can a, I five get star? a five out of five <laughs> can i hear a 10 out of 10 if it's lower than five stars, don't leave the comment. <laughs> I'll accept no. four if it's three, I'll two, accept, or one. I'll accept four if there's a really good reason. Yeah. If not, <laughs> keep it to yourself. Damn. Okay. Yeah, but even if you're not listening on iTunes, if you have like a minute to go leave a five-star review on iTunes, I'll love you forever. Like Would mean actually so the much. the world to us. We will read everything and just smile so big so and if you like the podcast and you like hearing our voices you can follow us at on instagram at songwriting saves the world and twitter at songwriting saves the world yes well actually on twitter it's at song saves world because it doesn't let you put songwriting saves the world okay you can follow us on instagram at songwriting saves the world and on twitter at song saves world because twitter handles are shorter apparently (laughs) And if you really like the podcast and you want to support us in our journey in making the podcast and in making the music that gives us the stories to make the podcast, then you can go to our Patreon and donate Mm -hmm. for $4 a month. You get a sticker and you get extra content. You get special messages from the guests, song reviews, album reviews, and song critiques from listeners. Whenever Whenever you guys want to send things in. And we really appreciate any support that you guys give we really do like in illy times a milli i love you times a million illy times times a milli (laughs) even in the dark i see your face